I'm in the mood for food. I'm in the mood. This is Tomato Radio. I'm Amanda Laneve. And I'm Mary Bailey. Today we're talking to Darcy Fitzgerald from Alberta Pork. He's the executive director. I think we both learned a lot about pork, didn't we? Yeah, I had just so many questions. I just didn't realize how complex that industry is and what goes into what all the all the thoughts and all the considerations that need to go into producing pork, especially the high quality pork that Alberta produces in, in, in particular. So yeah, I could have talked to Darcy all day long. Absolutely. It's big in Japan and you know that the Japanese <laughs> like, like high quality food stuff. So, you know, and it's really inexpensive at the store. So eat more pork. Mm-hmm. You know, if you eat meat, think about eating more pork. <laughs> Absolutely. Tomato Radio is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You know, uh, recently Amanda and I were, were interviewed by the Mess Hall Podcast, mm-hmm. which is uh, run by a guy named Avery, a chef out of Calgary. And we've been listening to that podcast for a while and liked it. And so we were thrilled when he asked us to be yeah. on it, yeah. you know, and we were on the other side of the mic, so to speak. So that podcast will probably be out in about a month or so. We love his attitude. We love his passion for food and the people working in it. And you can find more Mess Hall Podcasts at messhallpodcast.podbean.com. I don't know why I'm having such trouble with that, but it's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. Awesome. And uh, the Mess Hall Podcast is one of many uh, fellow member podcasts on the Alberta Podcast Network. And right now, um, the the listener survey is open and we'd love for you to participate in it, um, to tell the the network about what you think about our show, what you think about all the other fabulous shows that are on it as well, and, and, and how we might do it all better. Um, so if you fill it out before June 17th, you would be entered to win one of three cash prizes of $100. So check out um, the survey at albertapodcastnetwork.com forward slash survey, but also check out all of the fabulous other podcasts at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And we'd love to hear from you anytime. So if you want to shoot us a message on social media, on, on our Facebook page, on Instagram, please do. We're always interested in what you have to say. If you love it, hate it, or have some ideas for improvement, or some ideas on who you'd like to hear on Tomato Radio, please let us know. Awesome. And another sponsor for our podcast today is Unit B Coworking. So Unit B is a multi-company co-working space that's focused on helping people pursue their passions and making Edmonton its creative best. You would join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and also established organizations all dedicated to getting things done. Um, besides desks and offices, Unit B offers member access to its podcasting studio and meeting spaces, as well as a kitchen, Wi-Fi, and all of the other usual amenities of co-working spaces. It's located in the beautiful historic McKenney building on 104th Street, so it's close to everything downtown, including lovely places to get some coffee, some great food. Yeah, like Lockstock and Coffee Barrel. Mm-hmm. They're really close. And and of course, like uh, it's close to pub- public transportation and the Bay LRT station. Oh, also, like you could go for like after work drinks at Barbrico or oh, Gemino yeah. or something oh, like yeah. that. Man, that sounds like a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can book a tour and learn more about Unit B co-working at unitb.ca. I think we should do that, Amanda. I'm interested in that podcasting studio. Yeah, let's, see let's if go it, check it see out. See if it's any better than my dining room table. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of amenities here, too. Yes, there are. I mean, you have Wi-Fi. 
And there's usually some wine or some other beverages. And cats. And cats, yeah. And coffee. And coffee. And it's close to my house. Yeah, Like, that's it's pretty true. sweet. Yeah, it's kind of hard to beat. <laughs> oh, well, still we'll go check out the podcasting studio. <laughs> well, with that, let's get into our chat with Darcy. Amanda and I are talking with Darcy Fitzgerald, who is the executive director of Alberta Pork and a friend of the vine. Welcome to Tomato Radio, Darcy. Well, thank you for having me. So just to get started, can you tell us a little bit just about um, about Alberta pork, like uh, um, this, how the how production happens in our province, why it's special, um, yeah. and why we should all be eating Alberta pork? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not a problem. Um, well, uh, let's maybe one thing that's really interesting right now, just for you to know, it's our 50th anniversary this year. Oh, that's So Alberta exciting. pork as an organization has been around for 50 years. It's about 45 years of the 50 that we've actually had a relationship with Japan too. So that's really another nice thing. Oh, and, wow. And, you know, something you may not notice unless you really look for it. But the logo that we have, actually, if you look at it, I don't think we have a mountain like that in Canada. I think it looks more like a mountain you see in Japan. <laughs> oh. So it really goes with that. And so so it looks like Mount Fuji? Yeah, it does, yeah. And, that, and I think it's been a kind of a thing that we've tried to foster this connection with the, the type of pork that we have, it's uh, a grain-fed uh, animal. So it has a lot of barley, wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be some lentils as well, too, to finish off the, the, the pig. Um, but that barley combination with wheat is something that the Japanese really enjoy. And so they kind of have had this connection with us and us with them. Um, it's the most expensive marketplace to be in. Um, it's also the most demanding. And so for us, we, we feel really privileged that right. uh, we've had that relationship and it keeps growing every year. Because they want very, very high quality. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So when we have everybody's, um, you know, process, every processor in the province, uh, federal processor, mm-hmm. um, gears itself towards that marketplace as well, too. So, so a certain standard. Yeah. And that would be a certain ratio of, uh, let's say, fat to meat, or what would yeah, the standard Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a, a little card, if you, I, and I wish I brought one to show you, but there's a little card that's... Uh, that was uh, made up by uh, Canada Pork International. Oh, okay. And they use it when yeah. they try to market pork around the world. Right. And it kind of, you flip it both sides. One's color, one's fat. And the combination of the two, you get to ah. see what you're, you're choosing. Oh, and you can actually put the card next to the meat and decide if that's what you like. So you'll see a consistency in how mm-hmm. much marbling and then what the color of the meat is. So, uh, And that's something, again, that they would use as well, too. And it's a scoring rate. And mm-hmm. it's all of the meat is good, no matter where the, 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 the color or the fat content. It's just for different uses, depending on what you I want. See. So in terms of um, what we would consume in Alberta, mm-hmm. is it the same product, pretty much? Yeah, pretty much. It, we just cut a little differently. Yeah. Um, they, their, their spec um, that they want to have for the meat is just a little different. Uh, a lot of cases, uh, we don't ship bones. So if you bought ribs, they mm-hmm. wouldn't want to have ribs with bones in it, those kinds of things. They'd so they have boneless, yeah. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for meats that they can um, slice really thinly, so mm. for hot pots, those kinds of right. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so ours, because of the grain, um, it's it holds together. It's very firm. It has white fat. But if you look at uh, the pork that's fed with corn or um, DDGs, which are what you use when you make ethanol, mm-hmm. so you take corn, you distill it, you end up with this byproduct. It's fed to, to pigs and to cattle. But when you do that, the fat becomes a little off mm-hmm. um, and the meat becomes a little, a little softer. Colored or? Yeah, and you can't yeah. quite slice the meat as thinly, but ours uh, is okay. really hard, and so it slices a lot better, and the fat is a lot whiter. And so they just uh, seem to they love it. I've, I've never myself been able to smell it, uh, but they say they can smell the barley. Like a really good meat oh, buyer yes. in Japan yeah. says he can smell the barley and taste the barley influence in it. So it's yeah. really kind of a good thing. So, yeah. 
So I was at uh, Acme the other day, and I asked for a couple of chops, and they went and they actually cut them right off the carcass, wrapped them up in paper, handed me these two chops. They were absolutely beautiful. They were about this thick. And uh, and then they were $8. And I thought, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. such a bargain. It's so delicious. And, and it was mild and yummy, and everything about it was delicious. And it was so cheap. Yeah, no, it's been that So way. we're just super lucky. Um, yeah, I, I would say. I guess that's what the consumer is willing point of view, to pay. I guess, but how can the farmers work with yeah, that? Well, they can't some days. you know. Uh, so this actually right now, as we said, farmers are actually making some money. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, about two months ago, they were losing a lot of money. Oh, boy. And it's been very cyclical and it continues to be that way for them. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that people don't realize that, um, you know, some days, uh, especially a, um, a pork producer, will put his pigs on a truck He'll take him to the processor mm-hmm. and he'll leave and he will have lost money. Mm-hmm. He won't oh, have actually boy. made money on that. So, and some days it's yeah. 40 or $50 a pig that he'll have lost. So all the money he's put into feeding the pig, you know, Who's eating there? a barn, wow. looking after them, all those kinds of things, he'll have lost the money. And you think, you know, on a truck, he'll put 200 pigs on, um, you know, maybe 220 pigs. He takes them, drops them off. And when he goes home, it's 200 or 220 times 40 or $50 minus that he's wow. making. So he's because eating those, his savings those, and trying to stay in business. Those dates are set up on a schedule. And yeah, so he and then the marketplace is an open marketplace. So right. just whatever the market bears at the time, that's right. when he gets paid and he has no choice. Wow. And a pig is a little bit different um, than, than, say, a beef animal. A beef animal, you can actually hold a cow for uh, a lot longer. Right. So yeah. if things don't look very good, I mean, you still have to sell the cow at a certain period of time, but you can actually hold it for a little while. Oh, uh, well, you can't um, do that. But not for a pig because inside a barn... You start. You have babies at one end, and you have a finished pig at the other. Right. And they all they must move, move together. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's no room for anybody to stay for too long. Oh, right. And yes. once they leave the barn, they must go to their their ending resting place. So tell us a little bit about free range, because I know there's yeah. several restaurants that are using a couple of different uh, pork producers here in Alberta that essentially are. Mm-hmm. Uh, raising their animals in a free range way and sometimes they're, sometimes they're a bit different too they'll be like a black pig like a Berkshire mm-hmm. that kind of thing tell us a bit about that how does that work yeah. into the whole system well, I, I think it becomes more of a I don't want to say niche because I, I think it's more of a specialty and mm-hmm. so you could have a producer that produces outdoor pigs uh, we have a couple that are trying to get bigger um, but mm-hmm. for the most part that would symbolize something smaller Right. Um, the, so typically, at the most. Or, oh, that would be large. Yeah, like 50 I think. At yeah, the most. yeah. Oh. At any one time, it'd be. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they might have a couple hundred over the course of the year. Right. That would be a lot of pigs to it keep would. track of. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. Around yeah. outside. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you have to deal with all the conditions outside yes. too, like weather, uh, you know, predators, those types of things that are mm-hmm. out there. Um, we're back in the barn. Uh, it's a system, and it's laid out so the pig is in the perfect conditions. Uh, you're providing them the right feed all the time for them so they get exactly what they need. Not that the pig outside doesn't either, but it's just mm-hmm. a little different system different. and it's a, just a little more manageable. And, you know, you try to find the optimal conditions because you have to raise that pig because, again, I go back to, you know, I may not be making any money today, so I need to be able to, to raise that pig as efficiently and as yeah. fast as I can. Mm-hmm. Quite similar to chickens, you know, like so a chicken starts and off it goes and, you know, mm-hmm. it's got a timeline mm-hmm. that needs to be raced and then it moves out of the barn. And so they start over again. What does that barn barn look like? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, sort of the way that we're talking, I'm seeing like a lot of pigs like kind of jammed in there. But I yeah. imagine that's not that necessarily the case. Yeah. So you have a place for moms. Yeah. Where they hang out. And it depends on the system you have. They're all kind of basically designed the same way. You'd have a, an area for, for the sows mm-hmm. b- before they become bred. 
Um, and then as they, they get closer to the date of, um, of having their babies, they move into a separate room where they're, they're now kind of separated from the rest of the pigs. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their space for their babies when they lay their, have their litter. Um, their litter then, you know, has room to move around. And, you know, often lots of people see a sow in a farrowing stall and they think, oh my gosh, it's so tight, what are they going to do? But the minute you see what happens when you have a mother pig next to her little babies that weigh, you know, in around a pound, mm-hmm. and she weighs, you know, four or 500 pounds, and she decides to lay down on top of them. Uh, <laughs> that's you know, so our, our, our intent of having this yeah. is to give her space, yeah. um, but allow the babies to be able to move around and be protected from her as well mm-hmm. when she lays down and moves around. At the same time, it's a different temperature. So the temperature where the sow sleeps and stands and sits, that temperature is different than the sides. The sides are a lot warmer. Because oh. the babies need more warmth. More warmth. Right. So and they're lower to the ground. Exactly, yeah. Oh, so they're okay. kind of designed that way. Once they get to a certain size, they get weaned, and they move off into a, a weaning area. So yeah. that becomes a separate room where just all the weaned pigs go. Right. Then mom goes back to where all the other moms hang out, and then to get bred again and follow the, through the cycle. How that, often would they be pregnant in a year? Yeah, so um, the gestation time is three, three months, three three weeks, oh. three days, yeah. Okay. I won't say three hours, but it might be somewhere <laughs> in there, you know. But it is three, 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 so oh, that's kind of the thing. And, it's, yeah. and, a, and a, a sow has about 2.2 litters uh, a year. Okay. So, and they, you know, and then the number of pigs nowadays uh, probably that make it all the way, and we try to make sure that all of them make it to market yeah. as much as we can, is, is probably in around 26 or 27 pigs on mm-hmm. average. So are female pigs, sorry, I'm just getting so into yeah. this, yeah. it's so interesting. <laughs> so are female pigs then, are they largely bred to bear bear piglets and then the males are what we would we would tend to eat or is that? Yeah, well, um, um, basically what you eat is any pig that's not going to be breeding. So it, it's male and female okay. that they go through the system. Okay. And unfortunately, I have to say the word castration. Uh, we do yes. it uh, yeah, to yeah. male pigs. And it's only because pigs, if you don't, um, have a bit of a taint smell to them. Oh. And it's just the glands that males have. So kind of like a billy goat. Yeah, and if you don't do it, then... And so it's done at, you know, almost not at birth, but right right after mm-hmm. birth, you know. So you, you've got a, a chance to, to remove... Uh, that taint smell. Mm-hmm. So um, in Europe, they're trying not to do it, but they're using injections uh, to stop, you know, um, that that smell from being there. And we're trying to stay away from using needles. Yeah. And so I know it means it's sometimes people look at it and go, "Wow, it's so inhumane you're doing that." But I don't know. Um, you know, we've been doing it forever. If we could find a better way to do it, actually, I had a producer say to me one day. Um, if someone would just buy them without me doing this, I would sell them. <laughs> but right. no one's buying them. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. if you don't want me to do them, please tell me not to do it. I don't wake up every morning saying, man, I can't wait to go out and castrate pigs. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's just mm-hmm. not something we do. Yes, so, yeah. uh, you know, if but it's what's demanded by, by the consumer. The market, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, not to have that taint. And if you don't, then you have one half of everything that's bred. You know, one half of every all the right. babies they're born don't go to the market. Something mm-hmm. has to happen to them. Mm-hmm. So you know, back in the barn, you know, there are a few farms that still have a boar that still do things, mm-hmm. but mostly the boars go. If you're going to use them, they go to a separate uh, facility, and there they just collect semen. And you know, the, back at the farm, most most farms nowadays use AI, so oh, they're artificially okay. inseminating pigs. Like they do with yeah. cattle and that's right, horses. Yeah, yeah. And, it's just yeah. really more efficient. They yes. know it's happened. You know things. Maybe less damaging. Yeah, to exactly. The Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's all very interesting. So what I know that um, that Canada and Alberta uh, export we do a lot of pork. So tell us a little bit about that. Like what's happening with China? 
for example? Yeah, well, I mean, our export numbers for Canada is just over 70%, which is unheard of anywhere in the world. Like, mm-hmm. that we oh, actually wow. export that much because if we can't go out the door and there's a, tr- there's a problem, uh, we have an issue with what we're going to do with all, mm-hmm. all these pigs. So yeah. anyhow, we're, that's how our system's set up. We have a lot, a lot of demand around the world. Um, uh, you know, there's been some issues lately with China and uh, politics and some products not being able to go to, to China. So far, we haven't felt that effect. Uh, we did have, a couple of weeks ago, did have a couple of plants that were, we call it suspended or delisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, their suspension usually lasts about six weeks or so, 90 days at most. Uh, and it comes, ours was labeling. So, uh-huh. you know, you're in a plant and a label or two goes wrong on a box and you're shipping, you know, three or four hundred million dollars worth of products in boxes. Um, if you have a wrong label here and there, occasionally it happens. Um, and so that's kind of suspended us a bit. We look at it as being, well, okay, that's part of the, the rules. And so we just mm-hmm. need to tighten up and make sure that we don't do that again, you know, right. work through on it. We're not looking at it as being political. We're just mm-hmm. looking at it as being, you know, every country does this to each other. They uh, find a mislabeled thing. They just give you a good reminder. That's all. <laughs> we're so, watching. We're checking know, this out. And, you know, yeah. for us right now, we look at it and say, you know, in China's case, um, you know, they've had African swine fever. Uh, it's moved to the country, and it, it's a pretty devastating disease to pigs. It, it only affects pigs. Uh, it does nothing to the meat. It's it, The meat is still edible. There's no, no human health issues. But it, it will eventually kill a pig. Um, mm. And so the problem is that those pigs now are starting to die. So in, in a rush to, to make sure they don't die, they're trying to use the pigs mm-hmm. as much as they can in, in China. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a pipeline. They've cut the, turned the pipeline off. Uh, the pigs are still moving through it, but there are no new ones coming through. Right. Like, you know, it's kind of like that system. Right. And so in the next year, they could be as much as 200 million pigs short. Holy so that means moly. the whole world has to find, you know, the protein source to send to 1.4 million people. So yeah. I, I'm I'm hopeful that they won't, uh, you know, say no to Canada. Isn't that 1.4 million But I don't know where they'd people? find it. Yes. How many people are in China? Isn't that billions? So oh, sorry, did I say millions? Yeah. I meant 1.4 billion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah 1.4 yeah. billion people. <laughs> yeah, it makes us yeah. seem very small. Yeah. You know. So There's, what uh, then, so you said like 200 million pigs, did you say? 200 million pigs. Yeah. So how many pigs a year... Are we putting into production? In Canada, Canada only produces about 28 million pigs. And what about Alberta? Uh, Alberta would be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 3 million. Okay. So, you know, you, when you think about it, yeah. and they need 200 million yeah. for a year, mm-hmm. that they'd be short. Yeah. That, that, that's not all the pigs. That's just how much they'll be short. Yeah. So right. it's, it's a huge protein. And you can't exactly ramp up that quickly. Either. That's right, yeah. You can't all of a sudden yeah. start producing 5 million pigs exactly. like in a year. It just doesn't go So anywhere. it looks like, yeah, it looks like they'll be short for quite some time. And, you know, hopefully we can help them fill that void and, and help out with uh, with the problem. Because, I mean, it won't just be pork that they'll be looking for. I mean, you'll have to figure out some other way to, right. to backfill that, whether it's plant-based or, you know, beef or mm-hmm. chicken or fish. Something. Uh, yeah. yeah, so just to have that, that extra protein. So, so Jap- Japan's a very important export market. Absolutely. So is China. China's too. What are the other ones? Uh, so for Alberta, it had been for quite some time, and we kind of teeter. But uh, China, uh, but mm-hmm. J- Japan has always been our number one marketplace. Oh, wow. Uh, the United yeah. States, mm-hmm. uh, Mexico, uh, you know, we, we move ourselves into Korea, the Philippines, that type of thing. There's, mm-hmm. you know, probably about 50 or 60 countries that on an ongoing basis are traded to, so. 
you know, it's, it's things you just don't think about, right? At it's all. So interesting. No. <laughs> yeah. So well, and you know, lots of times people say, "Well, I don't come," and I don't mean to pick on Costco, but that's an easy one to pick yes, on right yeah. now because mm-hmm. it, you know, you walk through the store and you'll see Canadian beef, Canadian chicken. You know, you see a lot of Canadian products, but it's and not. It's U.S. Canadian pork, pork isn't U.S. It? pork, yeah. And they, that's been consistent for them. It has, yeah, and they're, they're. I mean, I guess their reasoning is they say they can't get one supplier to provide all of it to them, right? Um, you know, and I, our our processors would say, well, you know, we can't sell it for the price you're asking because there's somebody else who lives in another part of the world who will pay a lot more. So yeah, that's yeah, where exactly. we go where they pay more. Yeah, and so we do sense. get back filled in with a lot of product. You know, uh, not that long ago we used to sell probably about 250 million. Um, uh, pounds of, of pork into the U.S. Um, sorry, 250,000 tons, not million. 250,000 tons <laughs> used to go into the U.S. And slowly that's almost become a, an equal trading Oh, really? Um, amount back and forth across the border. So kind of like we, Christmas trees. It is, yeah. So we <laughs> saw one cut and another go. cut comes back. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like that kind of thing. Because yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's all based on the price, right? So you yeah. can get who, where Different you cuts, get the different best. parts, who wants it, yeah, that kind right. of thing. So, yeah, it's... Well, I remember, I think it was you, Darcy, you told me years ago, the reason you can't get a lot of things that, you know, that Canadians like to buy prime mm-hmm. cuts, so they want to buy chops and ribs and this kind of stuff, where Mexicans want to buy, you know, the feet and the this and, and the that. And, yeah, and the, hams, yeah. You know, yeah, they want to buy all, so you you end up having this kind of yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants the whole pig. They all want a piece of it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. You, but you have to find a place for all the parts. Yeah. Find a yeah. place for all the parts. Yeah. So that's modern agriculture for it you, is, right? Yeah. So in a few weeks, there's a wonderful big celebration of uh, pork of pork coming up soon. Porkapalooza. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's about six years ago. And Mary, you were one of the people who uh, started that. So yes, I remember sitting did. around at, uh, I believe it was Range Road. Having a <laughs> meal with right. you with a friend of ours, uh, Dennis and McKnight from the thinking, Innovators. Why don't we have a barbecue yeah. event? And said, let's have a <laughs> But you came event. up with the name. Oh. <laughs> I wish I had enough because people, people symbolize Porkapalooza Barbecue Festival with just pork. Unfortunately, maybe that was the name that did it. But it really is a competition, Kansas City Barbecue Society competition right. that has chicken, pork ribs, pulled pork, and beef brisket. So it has a little so bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so those competitors that, that'll come on Father's Day weekend to the Expo Center, uh, well, on the grounds, just so, on the south end of the grounds, will come there and compete. And it's Canada's largest barbecue competition. Uh, and we're hoping for about 60 to 70 teams this year, which will be more than we had last year or the year before. So it just it's just growing all the time, um, you know, and it's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you get to, a chance to come down. I think people are always, they, they come down, they expect to get, I'm just going to walk around and see 60 guys I can eat barbecue from. And, they, and that's they're not, not how really, it works. No. Most no. of them are just competitors. Some of them are caterers and, yeah. and can and can actually do it. Uh, but not everybody can. We do have rules. Um, and Alberta Health Services, you know, does apply those rules quite heavily on all of us. <laughs> for a good reason, I guess. You know, just to make sure we are, no one gets sick. But we do have, um, you know, barbecue vendors who are on site who, who are there. That's their job to, to feed the feed masses. Right. And, you know, we do have food trucks uh, from, from town here as well. So you can also get fries and popcorn and all that kind of stuff. Um, the, the bigger thing, though, is we, I think a lot of people are kind of nervous about walking up to a team and saying, mm-hmm. hey, what's going on? <coughs> and last year we started this process where we have a, the Porkapalooza Barbecue Experience Tent. And uh, Mark Bosworth, our, uh, our uh, chair, uh, came up with the idea, <clears throat> excuse me, and just said, you know, let's try to get people out there into the into the area. They seem standoffish, a little shy to go out and see these people if they should go talk to them. So we started this thing about having tours. Last year we had Saturday, Sunday tours. On Saturday, 
we had all the tours filled up because people had to sign up. They, they all filled up for Sunday on Saturday. So oh, people wow. actually came back on Sunday when their name was on the list so they can go for a tour. And we tried to take them through and meet the barbecue teams, learn about, about barbecue mm-hmm. and what they're doing. And, of course, you always want to have a little sample, so we do that with them as well, too. So, uh, that sounds and, like a super awesome experience. Oh, yeah. And it's really sure. such a great Father's Day gift. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And this year, the, I think the great thing we're this year is we have some really good barbecue teams who've offered to be the hosts as well. So they'll they'll walk people around and go to various sites and talk to the, you know, because they know everybody in the barbecue world that's out there. But they'll go and talk to various people uh, and take you along and and talk to you about what they do and Mm -hmm. barbecue and about competition. And then you'll go back to their site and have a little snack and, and, you know, maybe learn a bit more. But, uh, yeah, it's a great way to just get engaged into it. I know my son uh, was the same boat, Uh, you know, just kind of heard about it, didn't know too much, got his first little machine. Uh, last year, now he and his friends are are competing this year. So oh, I'm wow. excited. It's kind of a lot yeah. of fun. So, yeah. so are Some, we seeing? Um, sorry, are we seeing teams from all over the place, or like what's the proportion of worldwide to to Edmonton? Yeah. So it's. I mean, if you think of us as as Porkapalooza, uh, this is our sixth year. Mm-hmm. Now there is an older barbecue in Calgary. Uh, barbecue on the Bow is the oldest in I Canada, guess. and we're mm-hmm. the we're the biggest. So that's kind of nice, Calgary and Edmonton. <laughs> little rivalry there, but we yes. work together, so yeah. it's not that we are. Um, but you know, when you look at it, how many teams there are, um, when we started off, I think our, our first competition six years ago was about 25 teams and we felt really good about that. That was great, but they had already been, most of those teams had been around for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, and since then, I I think ourselves, there's one in Camrose, a barbecue, there's one uh, coming up next weekend in uh, Cremona. Uh, it's their first one yet. Um, and so, you know, here we have these four barbecues that go on the competitions and it's nice to see so many people starting to get involved. So it's in it. a bit of a circuit. It is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they come from all across Western Canada. And occasionally, we get some people from the states. Uh, we get the odd team that'll come in from Ontario. We, uh, we've had some that have come from Quebec. Um, you know, but mostly it's Western Canada. Um, we try like Edmonton's a little bit too far away from that that border. I think you know, for yeah. most U.S. teams don't want to come up. Uh, a few have come to Calgary. It makes it a little closer, a little easier for them. But, uh, yeah, another, another three hours. Yeah, but it, but it really has become uh, a fun community. People just come out. I mean, where else can you go out and sit in a parking lot and barbecue? <laughs> like, you know, have fun with your friends, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. last year, I think it was, com- you know, the weather was terrible. Right. Yeah. Was it last year? Well, yeah. Actually, last year wasn't too bad. We had rain on the Friday night, uh, and that was good. It washed everything away. We got kind of worried about it. So, you know, we we have a fire uh, in yeah. when we when we barbecue. It's either pellets that are wood like wood pellets. It's charcoal or real wood itself, depending on what kind of smoker you have. Right. Um, and for most of us, we you know stack everything up, and you start setting up your camp, and this big storm comes over, and all we can think about is. All our wood, <laughs> our charcoal is going to get wet. And he kept trying to raise it up higher and higher, and the water just kept flowing. Oh, wow. But it was all nice for the next two days. So, yeah. So it worked yeah, out It comes fine. and goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah that's I mean, guys are good. And it's June. To, you have to yeah. plan Absolutely. for like one yeah. day of bad weather. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mid-June. At least. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, that's June 12th, right? Uh, no, nope, on the 15th and 16th. Oh, so, 15th Father's and Day 16th, weekend. Sorry. Yeah. yeah and at so, the Expo Center. Yeah, and it'll be a lot of fun. There's music. We've had music every year. There's beer gardens, kids zone with lots of stuff for kids to do i think we have a pig origami uh we're making <laughs> uh, we've got a bunch of crafts for them face painters oh, entertainers, that kind of thing and then uh yeah there's uh, lots of f- food on site as well too mm-hmm. and lots of barbecue we started bringing in barbecue 
um, you know, uh, vendors as well too. So which they is can, great. Yeah. And there's a charity component too, isn't there? There is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the kids zone is managed by Adaptability. So oh, wow. um, yeah. And so this is our sixth year uh, helping out Adaptability. So we're really proud about that. Um, and it's great. Um, you know, able to look after you know um, kids of of all abilities to come down there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just really nice that they uh, they have this ability to 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 help out um, you know parents and give them a break to you know, um, and to look after their kids. And, you know, there's lots of fun things. I, w- I went out actually one, t- one day uh, in the summer and I uh, got a, a nice little tour. Michelle Hordell, who looks after the uh, adaptabilities, uh, she invited me out and I got a chance to meet some of the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I was awesome. blown away, like, you know, just how smart they are. Like, you know, yeah. how many things they do. They had all this electronics, robotics making camp, you know, oh, and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. amazing. I thought, man, yeah. we never did anything like that when we were kids. Nope. <laughs> we just put sticks together. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, Darcy, what's your favorite cut of pork on the barbecue? Ah, my favorite kind. Well, you know, I, I did kind of, I, I do favor most. Like, I, I don't even mind. I have some uh, Chinese friends who take take me out every now and then and surprise me. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I do have one that's called Capicola. So mm-hmm. similar to if you went to the um, uh, to the deli and you asked for Capicola, it's like right. you know, just for, for, uh, for deli meat, you could get the same type of thing. But Capicola in its raw form, when it comes, it's a shoulder cut. Oh, a shoulder. Um, and right. it's got a lot of marbling in it. Yeah. And it's, you can cook it as a roast. Uh, you can smoke it. You can cook it as a steak. Uh, you can make uh, you know kebabs out of it. You can do almost anything. So but lots it's just of a, things. Yeah, yeah. So you would buy what like a you know one or two kg. Yeah, it usually comes in about yeah, in about a three idea? to five kg size is okay. what it is. It's yeah. kind of like it looks like a little football. Oh, okay. uh, Kind of shape. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, so like uh, I was thinking, uh, what did I just do here not too long ago, a few weeks ago, um, like an El Pastor, like you know how you take oh, and you make yeah. it with a Mexican, oh, yeah. like oh, very spicy, delicious. and you yes. you, mm-hmm. you take a you know just thin slices and you stack it up with using skewers. Mm-hmm. You start off with a big chunk of pineapple so on the bottom, one on the shred top. It? Or, yeah, after you, after yeah. you just um, after you just put it, I usually use the smoker, but you can throw it right. in the oven, and then oh, you yeah, just yeah. yeah, you just slice it, kind of like donair. Oh, okay. Kind of like that. Oh. And then you just taco whatever you like to make, you know. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Slice yeah. it like donair. Yeah, yeah, who knew? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I was wondering if you could help dispel a little bit of a myth for for me as well, like before before we wrap up. I remember growing up, my mom cooking pork to death like so it was like really dry dry. really chewy because she was so terrified about trichinosis Mm -hmm. in it like is this even a thing anymore and why and if if not like why like why would that have occurred in the first place yeah i I would say not in canada um you know if it happened it'd be very unheard of uh anymore Uh, but where where it did come from is that pigs often were always outside um, they always just forged and looked for food and had that. Um, and so they were able to, to get worms. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's no, mm-hmm. no doubt on that. But, you know, in the last 30 years or so, um, you know, modern farming um, in most, most farms, uh, commercial farms anyhow, um, they're on concrete. Uh, and you can't get the worm on concrete. So it's, it's impossible for them to get, to get sick, uh, to, to actually have that to have trichinosis. Uh, transferred to people and probably tons um, of tests yeah right? and there and we do yeah we test all the time and uh, freezing 
um, you know, when the fork is frozen, um, that's it. It's not transferable. Um, so, but, but you know, and that, that's kind of the safeguard around the world. If you're going to export product, uh, if they, you know, people have uh, kind of wigged out about it, they just say, well, as long as it's frozen, I'm okay. You know, but, but we try to sell chilled product because we don't have that. We don't have the issue. Um, and you know, a modern medication and those kinds of things too, for the people who might be outside and do things, you know, I mean, it's all there as well too. So we don't have to worry about it. So but, but cooking, you know, yeah. um, like overcooking, I think, I think became one of those things where if, if, if a little bit of cooking was enough, you know, like most people, then overcooking is where you need to be, you know, it's right. just, and so, yeah, you ended up with, uh, if you didn't have a can of mushroom shoe, soup, you had shoe leather, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the proper temperature for internal temperature for cooked pork? Now? Well, we always have to say, you know, when it's 71, you know, that's where it needs to be, you know, but you know, you can cut it back a bit in, in the U S they're, they're down to 145, you know, oh, degrees yeah. uh, Fahrenheit. Right. For us, if you're in the, you know, the, the one, like myself personally, I, if I'm in the 155 to 160 Fahrenheit, I'm, I'm really happy. So we'd mm-hmm. be down, you know, what, 68 degrees Celsius, right. you know, that But then it thing. cooks a little bit when you take it off the heat. Exactly, too, yeah. So. yeah. I mean, you don't want to yeah. see blood. No. And, you know, no. it's just like, a, like, I think for a lot of people, a steak too, you know, you cook it medium, medium well. Or sorry, medium rare, and it looks a bit red, but it's mm-hmm. it's just juices. It's not really blood, you know. Right. And we're trying to get it. The pink color is okay mm-hmm. if you have it. You just don't want to have blood. That's all. Yeah, pink is okay. Yeah. It's a good red, not so much. Actually, I'm going to tell you, I did eat raw pork one time, okay. Doreen Pear. Uh, so and, so yeah. Doreen uh, actually had it uh, one time at a meal I was at, and it was all she went through the process that she prepared it. Uh, Alan Irving supplied the pigs, so we made him eat it first. <laughs> but I think I remember was, that. But dinner. it was really, it was really delicious. good. It was yeah. amazing, and I've, I've, uh, I've since seen it uh, at a couple mm-hmm. of other restaurants. And, and so it's, it's a process you have to go through, and you have to be really careful. Right. You have um, to really trust, you know, exactly, the producer yeah. and the oh, chef yeah. and yeah. all of those yeah. types of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sure. Clementine actually has it on their menu too. I think I just had it there last week. So a yeah, it had taste. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. very delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What a long, what a long way we've come. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, you know. and when you have great chefs, I mean, yeah. chefs that know what they're doing too, and they know how to prepare, you know, the dish that you're having. So yeah, uh, yeah. There's some weird, weird and wonderful things that come out of the ocean that people eat too. If you eat oh, it the wrong yeah. way, you're in trouble. You know, <laughs> yeah, so it is that, sure. that kind of thing yeah. too. Yeah. You, but but I think you know most cuts that people have now, if you, you know, if you, as long as it's not bleeding, <laughs> I mean. You don't have to overcook it, but, you know, a little pink is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get a Capicola, a.k.a. pork shoulder. So yeah. would you go to, like, a, like would most, most butchers know, like, Absolutely, if you asked yeah. for that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. But you'd have to, like, probably go into yeah, the you probably wouldn't find it in the, the Yeah, that you probably wouldn't find at that standard uh, uh, grocery store, yeah. Okay, and sure. it's spelt the same way that it would be, yeah. like, as Absolutely, the, yeah. okay, yeah. charcuterie meat. That, yeah. Okay. It's just a Capicola is, cut a from capicola. the shoulder. Right, yeah. Yeah. of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, like if it's quite marbled, then yeah, that yeah. would be quite delicious as a cure. It'll just melt well. and just yeah. keep everything so moist yeah. and tender. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so our um, our 740 pork producers, so that means really people who are registered. So to be a pork producer, you have to be registered yeah. in Alberta. Um, you have to follow through on a lot of traceability. Mm-hmm. If you sell through a federal plant, so that's all our export products, but most of the stuff that ends up in a, in a major uh, retail chain in Canada as well, 
all those producers have you know a, a very high quality assurance program mm-hmm. that they have to follow through and if they don't then then the processor won't accept their pigs right so I mean there are a lot of things there to backstop mm-hmm. what's going on there's a lot of testing believe me mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of people are oh antibiotics we don't want those either but I mean we try only to use them for pigs that might get sick because we don't want them to, to suffer mm-hmm. um, you know no producer and I go back to this thing we originally talked about pricing and mm-hmm. how much a producer makes and if he loses money no producer wants to use medication if he doesn't have to. Right. No producer wants to add anything. And, you know, the labeling thing we see often, too, is like, um, oh, you know, raised without hormones added. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's never been hormones added to mm-hmm. work. So. Right. But all yeah. animals have, let's be honest, all mammals all hormones, have hormones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mm-hmm. natural thing. So, yeah. you know, um, but we don't add any hormones to them. And we definitely wouldn't put antibiotics into a pig unless they really needed it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so we try to try to move away from that mm-hmm. uh, as well too. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think we have one of the best. Pro- I'm, I'm obviously I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> I think you know Canada does, but Alberta in particular has the best pork, and I, and I look at it to the most discerning customer in the world mm-hmm. loves the product we sell. Mm-hmm. Japan. So that says a lot for Yikes. us, and you know if we can maintain that that standard, and we're always trying to up our our game. Uh, to see what we can do to be better. So whether it's animal care, mm-hmm. whether it's the health of the animal, you know, whether it's the traceability, the things we do, uh, even the environment. I mean, it's almost benign now. Like I, I, we all have an effect on the environment, uh, but you know, really, we have such a small footprint. Uh, you know, you think if everything's in a barn, it's all self-contained. Mm-hmm. The manure, manure leaves the barn, goes out onto a field, and grows a crop. The crop grows, and you really want that barley or wheat to come back and go back into the pig again. Mm-hmm. And it's just this rotational cycle. Like you know, you think about it, that is really kind of nature's way of producing something. You know, mm-hmm. you've just contained it inside a barn, and people are often. And I know I'm probably running out of time here to keep telling you stuff, but. But, you know, people often ask, why is it, why are these pigs inside a barn? They can't go outside. And I was looking at it and go, okay, well, let's take two people. Well, let's take a pig and a person and we'll put them outside. Okay, no one's going to wear any clothes. <laughs> you're just going to go, you're going to go out in the field and then you're going to go out there and you're just going to kind of root around and hang out and forage and we'll throw some food out to you every now and then and, you know, you, you get a chance to eat and see it. The first thing you're going to do, just like the pig, is you're going to try to find some way to cover your skin. Mm-hmm. So the pig rolls in the mud. Mm-hmm. Well, because the pig has skin, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it needs to protect itself. So it's rolling in the mud to cover its skin so it doesn't get burnt up. You know, there's insects out there biting you. There's, you know, mm-hmm. so you're going to do the same thing. You're side by side. It's cold that night. Do you want to sit outside and stay yeah. out there? You know, nope. You're going to want to go inside a building. Mm-hmm. You know, so we look at those things, you know, inside the building as a perfect condition. That's why we live in a house. Mm-hmm. You know, we can adjust the temperature. We have all the stuff we want. We're safe. No one's coming in and getting us. We're not worried about predators attacking us. You know, we, we've got all these things. So the same thing inside a barn. And, and that's why we set it up that way. It's the easiest way to, for us to look after the animals and the best way mm-hmm. um, for them to live. Mm-hmm. And so we say, well, you know, um, should they be outside? I think it's the choice of a producer to decide how they want to produce an animal mm-hmm. for you. And if that's what you'd like, then that's, that is an option. Yeah. But I think for the, for the bulk of producers, they'd look at it and say the easiest thing for us, the easiest thing for the animal is to be inside the barn. Now we have this question about, well, why can't I go and see them? Again, uh, you know, uh, pigs often get diseases from human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we always mm-hmm. think about, oh, a pig's dirty and it's going to get something from us. But inside that barn, it's pretty, it's pretty clean. Mm-hmm. As much as you may think a, a pig is not clean, mm-hmm. they are. Um, now we worry about people coming to the barn mm-hmm. and bringing disease to the barn and mm-hmm. affecting the pig. So you have, there's lots of things you have to do, right? Exactly, to, biosecurity, yeah, that we do. Yeah, so we're now we're... The bath, the... 
clothing. And people wouldn't mm-hmm. realize, they probably don't realize it, but the truck that picks up the pig goes to a truck wash oh, where it's not just hosed down like you right. would with your car and maybe a yeah. bit of soap, but it's it's disinfected. Yeah. Uh, in mm-hmm. some cases, it's baked. It's put mm-hmm. into a baking chamber and wow. the whole trailer is baked to try to kill anything that could be on that. Yeah. So it's a sterile vehicle mm-hmm. that arrives back at the barn. And no one from the truck is allowed to go into the barn, and no one from the barn is allowed to go into the truck. Yeah. And so the two no don't mix. To prevent cross-contamination right. yeah. of some yeah. sort. Well, it's like, yeah. I mean, you, we all do it on our yeah. customs farms when we return from mm-hmm. another country or we're going have to another country. Yeah. Like, have you been to a farm? Like, you know, you don't you don't want those things yeah. moving just, around. Yeah, right? just recently our government, which is very nice, the federal government uh, added uh, about $30 million to the budget to buy more sniffer dogs. So you'll see them at the border. So um, over the next five years, they'll be spending Mm -hmm. more money on it. And it's primarily coming in from, uh, not to pick on it, uh, one of our best customers, you know, around the world from China and a few other places where they have African swine fever. So people forget and they buy meat and they bring the meat in their bags Mm. and they come back to Canada and that meat is a potential mm-hmm. uh, to pass you know, right. that disease right. onto, onto our pigs. So that's what the dogs are there for, to make sure that nothing gets through. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, likewise too, we, we look at uh, a lot of things for, for our pigs and, and people think of it, this is maybe one on the food side um, that a lot of people really don't think about is you think of waste products. So the, the waste from a restaurant, the waste from, um, mm-hmm. from a grocery store. And you think, well, that's a great thing to feed a pig because that's what they eat, vegetables and all sorts of stuff. But the problem is, though, yeah. you, you can't feed meat products and dairy no. products. All these things you can't just you know take them and yeah. you know, cheeses and things like that. Yeah. So there are rules and regulations around that, especially around meat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just against the law to feed meat to, to pigs. So. Yeah. Um, so we ask people not to do that. You know, mm-hmm. Table scraps, you never know, shouldn't do that either. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, vegetable products, yeah, not a problem. Yeah. But you just have to be really careful about it because those things them, themselves can then take yes. uh, and, and cause a disease or a problem in the pigs themselves too. So, yeah, it's all these, you know, we just don't think of these things. Back no in the kidding, old days, we yeah. used to do things a lot differently, but, you know, we didn't have very many pigs running around either. It's a complex system. Yeah. Yes. You know, like it's yeah. incredibly complex. And quite system. finely calibrated. It yeah. is. You yeah, know, things worldwide. have been thought out and, you know, and everything else. Yeah. And you just don't think about, you know, the rules and regulations that are around the world. And why so, they're there, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of, and there's a lot of them. And they change every day. And countries do it on a whim to make right. change uh-huh. the rules. Yes. It's part of the trade war, you know, if yeah. you will. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Trade tricks, yeah. I guess I yeah. should say. Trade not tricks. War. Like trade it. tricks. Yeah, yeah. Trade yeah. tricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. keep you in or out of the country. So, yeah, it's, yeah. So, Darcy, we're going to see you at Porkapalooza. Absolutely. June 15th, June 16th. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could talk to you forever, but I have so many questions. (laughs) But they might get a bit nerdy from here. Well, well, maybe we'll have you here some other time. Yeah, Yeah, no, Really get into it. Yeah, Yeah, we talk about all the fun events we do, too. Oh, you do. Well, one there, too. But one of the ones that you've been involved in in the past. Lots, yes. Yeah, it was Christmas in November. Oh, that's awesome. You know, yeah been doing that one now Those for gorgeous, six years seven big, years now yeah like pork roasts standing rib roast but pork mm. rib roast yeah. mm-hmm. stunning yeah. so beautiful yeah such a fun event up there too yeah it really Love is it. I want to go I've never been I don't even oh, want to talk about Christmas yeah, I just want to get into yeah, some yeah, summer start, first start. yeah we have to do some barbecuing <laughs> yeah, for a while let's do barbecue first, first. <laughs> get yeah. the capicola cuts yeah. and go crazy exactly yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us today we'll see you at Porkapalooza thank you very much and appreciate your time thanks So thank you so much, Darcy, for joining us today and enlightening us about Alberta pork, the overall industry. And um, I'm just I'm just so intrigued. I want to ask him 
more and more and more more and more questions and and also eat pork constantly. <laughs> well, it's so delicious. And I you know, I love it when we talk to a producer because it reminds me um, that Alberta is an agricultural province. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the first industry. And, and there are has people... been for so, so long. And there's a lot of really great people involved in it. Exactly. And and doing like world-class stuff, yes. you know, which yes. is which is also just so amazing. Like we live in an incredible province producing really, really, really great product. Really great foodstuffs, that's for sure. So don't forget, uh, Porcapalooza is happening on June... The Father's Day Father's weekend. Father's Day weekend. I think that's 16 and 17 or maybe 17 and 18. Anyway, Father's Day weekend the Saturday, Sunday, at the Expo Center. It's free to go and, you know, come hungry because there's lots of food trucks and this kind of stuff. You'll see some world-class barbecue mm-hmm. because it is a Kansas City-sanctioned event. You know, it's a lot of fun. It's just, a, it's, oh, it smells really great. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're a meat eater, it's the place to be. Um, it's a lot of fun. You'll enjoy yourself. This is its sixth year. It's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous family Father's Day event. Yeah. And there is a beer tent. Yeah, yay. We always like that. Because, yeah, ribs and beer. We can't think of anything much better. No. <laughs> My co-host is Mary Bailey. She's the editor of the Tomato Food and Drink magazine, which you can find on newsstands all around the city and online at thetomato.ca. You should also subscribe to her weekly Bite e-newsletter, which is five minutes of all the things, five minutes of reading of all of the things that you need to know about what's going on in Edmonton as it relates to food and drink including some fun recipes sometimes. Oh, thanks, Amanda. And Amanda Leneve is my co-host. She's a level three advanced uh, WSET wine nerd, and she's a business communicator when she's not thinking about food and drink. Mm -hmm. Tomato Radio is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. There are lots of great episodes on the network that you should check out. Uh, Find them at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And that wraps it up for today. Our next episode will be a What's Happening episode, so definitely check it, check it out. And also, like Mary said earlier in the episode, we'd love to hear from you on our social media network, on our social media accounts, um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And let us know what you think, um, if there's anything that you'd love to hear about or learn about or any people that you'd like to hear from. Um, and as we also mentioned, uh, don't forget to fill out, fill out the Alberta Podcast Network listener survey for a chance to win 100 bucks at albertapodcastnetwork.com forward slash survey. Yeah, 100 bucks. That's great. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you, Amanda. Talk to you soon. Perfect night. Settling down at bedtime. Such a wonderful day. Perhaps a little glass of port will send me on my way. Oh, feed me, feed me, feed me till I am. Feed me, feed me, feed me 